Fox, a novel by Christina Dolcher. This is the summary. Set in the United States, in which half the population has been silenced, Fox is the harrowing, unforgettable story of what woman, what woman will do to protect herself and her daughter. On the day the government decrees that women are no longer allowed more than 100 words per day, Dr. Jean McLennan is in denial. This can't happen here, not in America. Not to her. This is just the beginning. Soon women are not permitted to hold jobs. Girls are not taught to read or write. Females no longer have a voice. Before, the average person spoke 16,000 words each day. But now women only have 100 to make themselves heard. Not the end. For herself, her daughter, and every woman silenced, Jean will claim her voice. Chapter 1. If anyone told me I could bring the president and the pure movement, that incompetent little brat Morgan LeBron, in a week's time, I wouldn't believe them. But I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't say a thing. I've become a woman of few words. Tonight at supper, before I speak my final sil syllables of the day, Patrick reaches over and taps the silver tone device around my left wrist. It's a light touch, as if he was sharing the pain, or perhaps reminding me to stay quiet until the counter resets itself at midnight. This magic will happen while I sleep, and I'll begin Tuesday with a virgin slate. My daughter Sonia, Sonia's counter will do the same. My boys do not wear word counters. Over dinner, they are all engaged in the usual chatter about school. Sonia also attends school, although she never wastes words discussing her days. At supper, between bites of a simple stew I made from memory, Patrick questions her about her progress in home economics, physical fitness, and a new course titled Simple Accounting for Household. Is she obeying the teachers? Will she earn high marks this term? He knows exactly the type of questions to ask. Closed ended requiring only a nod or a shake of the head. I watch and listen, my nails carving half moons into the flesh of my palms. Sonia nods when appropriate, wrinkles her nose when my young twins, not understanding the importance of yes or no interrogatives and infinite answers, sets. Ask their sister to tell them what the teachers are like, how the classes are, which subject she likes best. So many open-ended questions. I refuse to think they do understand that they're baiting her, teasing out words, but at 11, they're old enough to know. And they see what happens when we overuse words. Sonia's lip quivers as she looks from one brother to another, the pick of her tongue trembling on the edge of her teeth and the plump of her lower lip, a body power a body part with a mind of its own, undulating. Stephen, my eldest, extends a hand and touches his forefinger to her mouth. I could tell them what they want to know. All men in front of the classrooms now. One-way system. Teachers talk, students listen. It would cost me 16 words. I have five left. How's her vocabulary? Patrick asks. Nogging his chin my way, he rephrases. Is she learning? I shrug. By six, Sonia should have an army of 10,000 lexemes, individual troops that assemble and come, and come to attention and obey the orders her small, still plastic brain issues. 
should have if the three R's weren't how weren't now reduced to one simple arithmetic. After all, one day my daughter will be expected to shop and to run a household and to be devoted and dutiful wife. You need math for that, but not spelling, not literature, not a voice. You're the cognitive linguist, Patrick says, gathering empty plaints, using Stephen to do the same. Was, are. Despite of my year of practice, the extra word leak out before I can stop them. No, I'm not. Patrick watches the counter and tick off another three entries. I feel the pressure of each of my, I feel the pressure of each on my pulse like an ominous drum. That's enough, Jean, he says. The boys exchange worried looks, the kind of worry that comes from knowing what occurs if that counter surpasses those three digits. One, zero, zero. This is when I say my last Monday word. To my mother, to my daughter, the whispered goodnight has barely escaped when Patrick's eyes meet mine, pleading. I scoop her up and carry her off to bed. She's heavier now. Almost too much girl to be hoisted up, and I need both arms. Sonia smiles at me when I tuck her under the sheets. As usual, there's no bedtime story. No exploring Dora, no Pooh, no end piglet. No Peter Rabbit and his misadventures in Mr. McGregor's lettuce patch. It's frightening when she's grown up to accept as normal. I hum her to sleep with the song about mockingbirds and billy goats. The verse is still in quiet pictures in my mind's eye. Patrick watches from the door, his shoulders once broad and strong, slump in a downward facing V. His forehead is creased in matching lines. Everything about him seems to be pointing down. <laughs>